right. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome to the garage. Welcome to another episode of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined as I always am by my bosom buddy, Bubby Castrone. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Uh, fine. Just fine? Yeah. We've been seeing a lot of each other. We were at a Yankees game like 48 hours ago. Yeah, that's true. And here nice we are. Time. Here we are together again in the garage doing yeah, our that's thing. Nice. That's nice. It's it nice. nice. Uh, but you know what? If we're going to see each other this much, mm-hmm. I don't think we need to do this podcast. That is that is true. It does kind of feel a little redundant. Uh, and Because we were together drinking beers, watching baseball, able to do that guy thing where we're talking, but minimally while facing in the same direction. Right. So you don't have to look at each other. You're drinking beer. Here we are sitting across from one another, yeah. staring deep mm. into each other's well, you're souls. You're staring at me. I got to look staring away. deep into those beautiful baby blues. Um, Bob, um, you're a fucking creep. I'm going to cancel you. Don't do that to I'm me. I'm going to cancel oh, you. Oh, come on, Bob. Come on. I didn't do anything. We should cancel somebody. We should conspire to cancel someone. Should we cancel? Just an enemy. How about Chris Kattan? Mm-mm. <laughs> He canceled himself. That's I think. true. Yeah, let's Who, bring him back. Let's if you un- could cancel one person, let's, let's reboot Chris Kadan uh, to cancel him. To cancel him. Yeah. Oh yes. We do like a Will and Grace thing where we bring him back oh, and then like lose that. interest and then let him just go away. Uh, what did that show get canceled? Today? I think so. I would yeah. assume so. You're probably wrong. Let's fact check. Check Bob. No, don't don't do that. I don't know. That's something I think the show needs. It's the last thing the show needs. Um. Yes, we're in the garage. In the dog days of summer, and uh, it's a little bit warm. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, but you know it does tie in nicely with today's artist, Sublime. Because when I think of music of the summertime, Bob, Sublime. Yeah, this that's is it. it. This is the most summery album we'll ever do on this podcast. I can't think of anything more summery. Okay, computer. Yeah. No, that's not summery <laughs> at all. Bob, that's just a little uh, podcast humor for you. <laughs> How dare you? We get radio head fans angry. Um, yeah, no, I just, I, I agree that, well, I agree with myself. I made the initial point. You did, yeah. It, no, it you, does, do that, you do that a lot, yeah. When you take the songs on this album, and this is their self-titled 1996 album that, of course, came out, I think Bradley Knoll was already dead when the album, before the album was released, which is a real kick in the boner. Well, I mean, you can kick a dead dude's boner all you want. He's not going to feel it. I know. Well, you might feel it if if your album sells 15 million copies. That was a saying my mom would uh, say to me every night. You can kick a dead dude in the boner all you want. Are we going to cancel your mom? (laughs) My mom is very canceled. Uh, Yes, he died about two months before this album came out. I mean, that's a kick in the boner, man. That is a kick in the boner. Because uh, if... All right, let's say, Bob, and we don't need to get too deep into this, but let's say there's an afterlife uh, or... Or one of my favorite things to um, be privately privately terrified of. What if when they put you in the box, Bob? I think we've talked about this. Your brain doesn't turn off. Yeah, that's the and nobody weirdest, knows this. That's the weirdest thing that you're stuck on. <laughs> I'm not stuck on it. <laughs> I'm just saying, how do we know, right, that when you're dead, the lights don't stay on inside? As like if you're in a coma or something, and you're just in the box for eternity or until the worms. 
Well, do you want to do you want to take a real, hold? A real answer is like we can measure <laughs> brain waves, and we know that your brain is not doing anything. We think we can measure brain waves. Oh, wa- okay. Brain, brain waves. That's that's my uh, my take. Anyway, what if Bradley Knoll and tragedy? I mean, the guy was a drug addict, and and heroin got him. Right. But I imagine the, the throbbing pain of the boner if he was aware of what would happen in 1996. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's a religion where they believe the boner lives on regardless, kind of like your lights on theory, but just specifically for boners. And Bradley Noel's boner was aware of what had happened. And it was just sending these messages to Bradley in the afterlife. Like, hey, dude, you really fucked this up. I'm down here. Rock hard. We could be fucking everything. But you OD'd. I'm pretty impressive, too. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> brag, but it's not bad down here. I'll, let me put out... Um, a parallel here, Bob. You have that fucking shitty idea to start a dad band. Yeah, it's kind of stalled. I haven't really picked up the, gu- the guitar in a couple of weeks, but it's still all systems go. Uh, summer 2020, Pasadena. Oh, I, the dad bods. You know, I love your, I love your wife. I really love your wife, you always, Heather. You always say it like that. Um, and she hates this podcast. Yep. And it takes you away from the house. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot, but you know, a night every week or so. And I can only imagine when there's chores to be done, when there's children that need a bath, when there's laundry that needs to be folded, when there's a kid that's sick, when there's stuff to clean up in the backyard, the look on Heather's face when she's needs a hand and Bob is plucking the guitar at nearly 40 years old. Oh, I'll be 40. I mean, it cannot fly. It doesn't fly in that house. Here's what I think uh, the dad bods has going for it. It's that um, you're not involved. Oh, hell no. And I think that because of that, Heather's going to be a little more okay with it. Okay. Now I get it. I'm yeah. going to tell her I'm involved just so she gets <laughs> No, see, it. that's going to fuck it up. But cir- circling back to my point, let's say you do get together the band, the dad bods. Yeah. And you actually do learn how to play guitar. This is all total fantasy, obviously. Obviously. And you decide to start writing original material. Oh, Horrible yeah. idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you actually end up writing some really like rocking tunes uh, and get picked up by an indie label. And it turns out um, you die. Let's mm-hmm. say a massive heart attack. Of old age at 40. <laughs> you could die now and it wouldn't be that crazy. No, there's, yeah. they're not playing only the good die young at my funeral. If I told you, would you have rather... Would you rather um, that music um, go on to be really popular and then you have to live with that that sad, angry, throbbing boner in the grave where you can never sleep in the coffin or the music just stays gone and it never appears anywhere and you, you get to live with that peace. What would you choose? Well, you're not living with anything. You're dead in this scenario. So I told you what happens when you die, I, That's Bob. what you believe. But in your weird world, what would I rather with the boners and whatnot? Uh, give the world my music and I'll sit there with my boner. Uh, for eternity, just knowing that it could have been so much more an unfulfilled boner from now until the day the earth explodes. My disastrous version of an afterlife. <laughs> it's so horrifying. <laughs> it's really the worst possible. Don't, can you honestly, though, tell me that that doesn't give you a little bit of anxiety? Just the very thought of that? The thought that you think that gives me anxiety. <laughs> the thought that that, you're, that that swims around your head makes me feel bad for you. Um, this album... Came out in, let's say, Bob, the spring of 96, I'm going to say. Go a little further. You're close. All right. July 96. Correct. July 30th, 1996. Wow. What was happening in the world in uh, late July 
uh, 23 years ago. You're talking summer movie season, 1996. Do you want to venture a guess as to what was the biggest movie to come out that July? Nay, that summer. Summer of 96? Yes. Came out in July. Mm. Early in July. There's a clue for you. Thanks. Oh, Independence Day. Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Correct. What what a blockbuster, dude. Yeah. You know, they say that was the first real summer blockbuster. Oh, no, that was Jaws. That was Jaws, and I was going to say, wasn't like Jurassic Park? But uh, no, that was huge. I mean, That's a little podcast humor you, for you, about. I still don't get your sense of humor. Speed you up. had to slow down. You had to uh, see that in the theater. Like Nobody didn't see that in the theater, especially if you're 16 in 1996. You're not going to bars. You're going to every popular movie, and that was one you had to go to. I saw that with our friend Sam, um, who I was in love with, and it was unrequited. And um, it was a date. In my mind, mm-hmm. but in reality, mm-hmm. Sam just wanted to see Independence Day. <laughs> As did I. Well, you both got what you wanted. You went on a date. and I want to say I got what I wanted. Well, you went on a date with a girl that you liked, and she went to see a movie with some guy. So it kind of all worked out for everybody. Because the guy she wanted to see with the movie with was at sleepaway camp or something. I also went to that movie on a date with a girl I worked with at camp that summer, and we made out right before the movie, which was very exciting. That's awesome. That's uh, positive Independence Day. One of the only positive memories I have associated with Will Smith. Um, moving on. What? Because of your racism? No, that's separate. Uh, Don't cancel me. <laughs> uh, other movies that came out that month. Kingpin. Multiple. By the way, your your high school, early high school girlfriend that we've talked about on the show. Yeah. The one that. Um, what was it? Early high school It was my junior and senior year of high school. No, no, no. The one way before that. Ninth grade. I didn't have a girlfriend in ninth grade. Yeah, you did. You saw a girl in eighth grade, ninth grade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. JF? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she reached out to me Ooh. and said that there's another side of the story than the one that you've been telling for 20 years about the way that relationship ended. Our three-week relationship? And she wants to come on the podcast at some point and tell the true story. We got to get her up here. She's down in San Diego. Let's. Are you sure you want that to happen? I'm ready for it. I just want to let you know that... I have someone that came to me that wants to cancel your ass. <laughs> Wait, is Jane going to cancel me after all these years? Yeah, well, right. that's what she said. Well, I guess not remembering I had a girlfriend early in high school, that's not going to help my case at all. Anything else, Bob? Uh, we don't have to talk about anything else. All right. Here's the number one alternative rock song. Oh, wait, yes, we do. I want to talk what? about something else. What? Jonathan Melvoin OD'd. Oh, that was a big one. That was yeah. I feel like that was a story that Kurt Loder really owned. Kurt Loder owned it. It was yeah. a Loder story. We need to give a phrase. We need to give an expression for that. Like those Loder stories. <laughs> like Loder was all over that one. He unloaded on that. He one. was unloaded on. He it. unloaded he on. He unloaded it. on the Jonathan Melvoin story. If you are, if you were, uh, you know, of a certain age, and you were, you know, the number one source of news was MTV News, which yeah. Kurt Loder was the venerable. Uh, chief correspondent slash host slash everything of certain stories, you know, he would unload her upon. Yeah. And he was all over that. And I w- I'm going to quiz you, Bob. Melvoin OD'd. Mm-hmm. You probably have the info in no, front of you. I don't. I only have one other piece of info in front of me. The you. drummer also OD'd. Yes. Got fired from the band as a result. Do you remember the drummer's name? Jimmy Chamberlain. That's correct. They had both OD'd together in the past. And uh, uh, what's his name? Billy Corgan's like, Corgan if you was do like it one more it. time, exactly. I'm going to fire you. And he did it. He fired him. One piece of info I did learn, though, about yes, this. I would really like to get the I know. Going. You, could, you could start it. And let me just tell you this. Okay. Uh, the song Angel by Sarah McLaughlin 
mm. is about Jonathan the Melvoin. I thought it was about dogs trapped nope. in cages <laughs> no, and not being fed. Now it is, but back <laughs> when she wrote it, it was about him. The number one alternative rock song on this week, or no, July, July 30th. 30th of 1996, one of the great one-hit wonders of the 1990s, The Primitive Radio Gods. And if you can name one person that knows another song by this band, I will give you one or million Or name dollars. one person in the band. And this, of course, is who, Bob? The blues legend. B.B. King. That's correct. You're on fire, Bob. I am. I'm still going to cancel your fucking Don't ass. cancel me. Touches down on Bourbon Street. I, to this day, love this song, and anytime it comes on the radio, I am not changing the station. Same. Yeah, I remember you loved this song when it came out. We both did, but you really, did. You really, really held on to it. Yeah. I really, really loved it. In fact, I think um, on the show we did a mixtape, and I think it might have been on it. Uh, so I think we might have talked about this song before. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think it sounds great. Uh, it's got a cool vibe to it. I think if it came out today, it would be very popular. Yeah. Um, and the name of the song, Standing Outside a Broken Phone Booth with Money in My Hand. For that to be a number one Billboard modern rock chart hit, it's pretty impressive. So I guess it wouldn't come out today because that title makes no sense. Uh, that's true. Yeah. They don't exist. But um, it's also the only good thing that came out of the cable guy. And I know that's there, not, that's there are cable guy stands true. out there who are like, Actually, it's pretty gritty and funny and dark. It's like, no. It is. You're a fool. Wait a minute. No, I mean, not you personally, Bob, but to talk yourself into The Cable Guy as a good movie, come on. Plug back in. It wasn't, it didn't do what it was supposed to do or what we thought it was going to do when it came out. Be funny. Be that kind of like broad comedy that we were expecting from Jim Carrey and Ben Stiller, but it's a really funny movie. That's right. Ben Stiller directed it. Yeah. Well, Stiller's sheepish about it. If it's, you ever listen to an interview now, he's he kind of he got destroyed for it. Yeah. Oh, I love this part. See now, if I'm in the box, Bob, and this type, this feels like heaven music that'd be playing in heaven potentially. If this was like playing while I'm trapped in the box, I'm still terrified. But at least there maybe a, there will be some type of calm that washes over me. Would you like us to outfit your eternal boner box with speakers? Yes. Oh, cool. Just take those uh, like Bose speakers with Wi-Fi and then just have a box close enough to the grave. And then some type That's, of high-powered battery. It's very doable. <laughs> this is very doable. Uh, great song. Great song. Why don't you just get cremated? Well, imagine the complications that could occur there. Well, there's there's nothing that could stick around anymore, right? That's what you think. I don't know. I don't know. What if you're... you just you're just in agonizing pain because you <laughs> you chose to be dropped into a fire pit? But then it's over, or is it? Exactly. I don't know. See, now you're getting it. Bob. I'm not getting it at all. I'm just trying to get into your fucked up brain to there's figure just out like what, what you people think the that is. that believe in uh, the idea of the afterlife and heaven and hell. People, you could judge those people, but you can't judge 
people that have other views as well, which is trapped in my own private hell within my body. Isn't that what you call your life right now? <laughs> no, I got the whole place to myself right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Living the I'm dream with good. the family away. Bob rolled into the house today and I was just like chilling, playing just Madden. Happier than, no I've, pants happier on. than I've seen you in years. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Track one, Garden Grove. First Lou Dog reference, seven seconds. There's the dog. Oh, boy. <laughs> I love it. That dog, of course, is uh, Lou Dog, uh, the Dalmatian owned by Bradley Knoll, the lead singer, and was kind of like the, not even unofficial, straight up the official mascot of the band. Yeah. And then the dog died. Well. I believe shortly after Knoll died. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know when the dog died. Did, was it suicide? <laughs> Too soon, though. What? Get your ass canceled. <laughs> anyway, this is um, Sublime's opening track, a Long Beach, California band. They, they formed in 1988. Same um, same uh, lineup until Noel died. And then um, who do they get together with? They still tour. They still, they're Sublime with Rome. With Rome, yes. And you see that all the time in different... Um, it's in every LA publication. Yes, every they're LA publication. They're constantly playing around here. And you know what? I don't even hate on it. Because imagine, imagine hitting it big as a band and your singer dies. Oh, I like this part. Okay, sorry. Yeah, your singer dies. You just did it big, your singer dies. And, you know, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, you got to move on. We talked about this on the Blind Melon po- uh, podcast. It's just like, what do you just like sit and shiva forever? Does that work? What? Shiva? Yeah, that was you did it. You got it right. That wasn't bad, I didn't think. That was pretty good. You gotta move on <laughs> and you gotta make some money, you gotta pay the bills. Yeah. Maybe you don't put an ad in the paper and try to find your new lead singer that way, like Blind Melon did. Maybe <laughs> hey, you just, gotta do whatever you can do. Maybe just go to a friend. Because also think about it. So your singer dies, and in this case we'll use Sublime. You make a good amount of money off record sales and all that. You probably buy a house, you might buy a couple cars. Might buy your mom a house. Uh, and then you realize, oh, oh shit, now what do I do? Yeah. Got to find a way to keep the Gotta income coming. Yeah. Got to make the ends meet, Bob. You like this song? I mean, I do. I like do this album. I had this I had this album. You did? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we get to these hits, I don't see how anybody didn't have it. Like, I had a strict, like, three song minimum. Like, I had to, like, three songs on an album to go get it. This song, Three radio singles. Three radio needed. singles, yeah. Or, or you know, if you went to a listening station and you three is a lot, by the way. Three is a lot, but yeah. you know, CDs were like fourteen dollars. You had to, you know, you had to be beggars. Or if you went to the wall, seventeen dollars. Or if you had a friend who stole from the wall, free. 
That was kind of cool, too. Oh, yeah, there was that guy. There was that guy. <laughs> there was also the move with the wall. I don't know if the wall was a national chain, uh, but they had this policy where you could return your CDs if you had a sticker on it, uh, a wall sticker, which just seemed like a weird policy in the first place. So people would um, try to take the sticker off CDs that they liked mm-hmm. and then put them on CDs they wanted to get rid of and then try to pass it off as CDs they had purchased at the wall so right. they can buy more music. That seemed to be a big thing. But the mall was the 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 wall was a little too shishi for me. I I had to go to only Tower Records. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't mostly, afford the mostly a Tower Records guy. The wall stuff, uh, Garden Grove, whatever. It just seems I like it. It's setting the tone. It's saying here we come. This is us. By this point, they already had a couple albums, so you knew what they Are were. You're just doing the lyrics of uh, the Monkees theme song. Here we come. <laughs> we're just doing our thing. <laughs> uh, speaking of songs that would catch your attention. Oh, here it is. Here it fucking is. Early in the morning, rising to the street. Light me up that cigarette and I'll strap shoes on my feet. Got to find the reason. Reason things went wrong. Got to find the reason why my money's all gone. I got a donation. Uh, what I got, the first big hit, maybe their biggest hit still, although we'll get to another huge one. All right, here we go. This is one of those songs, Bob, that it comes up every few episodes of the show where... A song is so popular and just so beloved that you could turn on the radio right now and it's probably on K-Rock in Los Angeles. Especially in the next hour. Yeah, what I got is our generation's version of classic rock. This is like Freebird. Yeah, totally. You know, like this is is songs that will be, be played 50 years from now. This song in my brain is right next to Beck's Where It's At. It's like one of these songs from the mid 90s that just had this kind of different sound that was played all the time that I never got sick of. It's got so many memorable parts. It's only, it's not even three minutes long, but it packs a lot into the three minutes. Uh, And yeah, this is, this is just great. And when it came out, there really, I guess there was, Beck was doing something similar in a way. Uh, with the sound, you're right. And then this was right around the time of the Dust Brothers. Not to say right. this is Dust Brothers-y. But I see what you're going to get. But it has that kind of feel to it. But it's also, like, uniquely sublime. Totally. Yeah, if you listen to their earlier albums, you can tell, like, this it totally makes sense that this is where they got to. And I like the his lyrics. I don't know anything about the guy, to be honest with you, other than his premature death. But it does come up in his lyrics that his upbringing doesn't sound like it was tremendous and the stuff with his mom and and if you remember there are two versions of this song I was going to say this is not the real radio one this was the one that started getting played on the radio later right uh, well this is the album version the other version had that guitar part the single was a little cleaner at times I think remember that part yep and I don't know where what that one was all about uh, if that was a different release or what I think it was like a hidden track on this album 
Oh, you I know what? Correctly. You know what, Bob? Let me see. It's yep. hard to tell. You know what? Digital streaming days. Later on, and we'll check it out when we get there. The What I Got reprise? 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 Reprise uh, is also three minutes long. I yeah. bet that's it. I think that's it. Um, which is kind of a little bit of a cooler version of it. That one's very chill and fun. Uh, but the other version probably would say I prefer a little bit. We're going to get to that. Uh, next, though, Bob, is another classic of the summer of... Might it be the summer of 1997, Bob? Get that beer. Hurry up, Bob. Only two minutes long, this song. But it's staring at a tits. It's the wrong way. First song that we've ever done that has tits in it. Yeah. Where are we at with tits? Is it hanging in there in the culture? Well, I mean, I think it's problematic when you say it. I kind of want to cancel you for Why? using tits right there. No, but I'm using it. It's in a kind of a newsy way. I know, way. but the way you're saying it kind of puts tits. me on the defensive. I don't like it. Uh Okay, snowflake. Uh, no, I mean, where are we at with it? What can people still say? Tits? Is it is it the preferred nomenclature at this point? I don't think it's preferred. Has anything? Preferred by who? You know what I want, Bob? Say? What are you? What are you going full social justice warrior on me right now? No, you know what I was about to say. They're breast, Dan. Uh, well, In fact, I... they're just sacks of fat. If you really want to know, <laughs> fat sacks. Are the I'm trying to find out, uh, Mr. Prim and Proper, if there's been something that's replaced it as the slang term amongst. Young males, for instance. Okay. Uh, I, I you know. can just say no. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you want, where you want me you to You just got so this. defensive. I No, but what I, what I do want to say is that calling something good, like it's the tits, highly underrated. Yes. It's the tits is one of those phrases. I've never really used it because I just don't feel comfortable enough doing Apparently, it. Apparently. I mean, I the, the I T did. word was like your version of the C word. But calling something tits <laughs> is so fucking funny. Um, oh, yeah. The song, the song's tits. Yeah, this song is the tits. And I'm, I was right because it was released in uh, late May 1997 and it was one of the songs of the summer in 97. So that tells you a little bit about the they, legs of this album. They pulled a Morissette. They had big singles and consecutive summers. Yeah, and that's why if I had to choose, if I was ever fortunate enough, which I never will be, it's already game over. I'm already in the box. Trapped with my thoughts forever. And your boner. Uh, and my throbbing boner of sadness. But if I could choose to have a hit album, I would absolutely drop it in the summer. Oh, because that's... A- and then if it had the four or five right. hit singles, you own two summers. And summer music is the music that sticks with people forever. 100%. I feel like that's a big... It's the smartest thing you've ever said. Thank you. I feel like that's a big part of what's made Sublime last the way they have. Yeah, they have a summary sound. They they hit at the right time. There's an entire gen- generation of people song. our age. So I was back in New York this summer and uh, we went up to uh, visit my wife's family. One of the people there was her 16-year-old cousin. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to uh, this girl. Did you ask her the question about the, you know, the tits? No, we didn't like talk about where, tits. Where are we at with the slang? Zero tit talk. Okay. But I did ask her. Just because she's young. So you find her, out what the no, kids I, are saying. yeah. yeah. Well, I did not in a pervy way, not in a pervy way at all. But I did ask her like what kind of music she liked. And uh, the first band she said was sublime. 
Wow. And that completely caught me off guard. As it should. Yeah. I was shocked. She's a, like a, is she a Rome with Sublime fan? <laughs> no, she just <laughs> listens to the old Sublime albums. I don't even think she knows about Rome with Sublime. I guess she's seen them at the Greek 47 times. Right. <laughs> um, wrong way. Wrong way. So good. Liked uh, because of that staring at her tits line. It definitely felt like, oh man, this is edgy. Yeah, his lyrics definitely were, there was an edge to him that you didn't hear a lot on radio. Uh, reached number 47 on the top 100 airplay chart and spent 26 weeks wow. and peaked at number three on Billboard's Alternative Songs chart. That's half of a goddamn year. So, uh, and if I remember, the girl in the video was hot. She was, I think she was supposed to be like a trailer trash girl that yeah, was, was running that. away from her problems, yeah, that, that word, that which did, that's what you like. That did it for me. <laughs> Cancel them. The dad I remember was like a real piece of shit. Yeah. Like he was on the couch and drinking. I mean, I'm telling you, like without knowing anything about Bradley Knoll, that motherfucker had a terrible childhood. And it, it's reflect it's reflected in the lyrics of his music and his massive heroin addiction. Yes. Pump this up. This is a great song. Back in my 1989 Buick LeSabre, <laughs> listening to this with the on my Discman plugged into the car lighter, plugged yes. into the tape deck, and driving through Rockland County and fucking blasting this. <laughs> your, ca- my, your car battery like, bro, what the fuck? Out of my ugly ass car. <laughs> uh, I've never heard this, Bob, and I, I really like it. I love that fuzzy guitar. And it, it it's a, adds another shade to the album. They were good. Damn, they were good. I'm more a Rome guy. I know you are. You were following Rome forever. <laughs> I was in on Rome you from were the ground like, floor. Uh, you're like Van Hagar, where you were like into Sammy Hagar before yeah. Van Allen. You I was were like into Rome. the I can't drive 55 era. <laughs> yeah, so Sammy Hagar and Rome. Uh, yeah, this is great. Not a single. Not same a single. in the end, but uh, yeah, really solid album track. All these songs, and there's a lot of tracks on this album. Um, 18, in fact. Uh, but a lot of them clock in about two and a half minutes. So, so it gonna, kind of flies by. Are you going to cancel them for having 18 tracks or is the two minute thing okay with you? Mm, I still think it'd be better to... Same thing like the Oasis Clause. But 12 two minute songs, you're clocking in at less than half an hour. You'd feel like... I might put a little more not, effort into it and beef up those songs a little no, bit. No, that's their sound. They're no. not going to like Noel Gallagher this and make like a six minute Magic Pie version of that song. <laughs> well, they shouldn't do that either and neither should have Noel. But <laughs> my point was about Noel and Oasis was when they wasted all those great, great songs as B-sides right. uh, instead of putting out whatever uh, the third album should have been with all these great songs, whether it's Master Plan, Acquiesce, whatever. Um, the, Sublime could have had another two or three albums just on this material. They're two-minute long Burned songs. Burned it all off. You need to fill up an Yeah, album. throw in a guitar solo. <laughs> That's get not a, what they Get do. some gentle oboe in there. <laughs> all right, well, now you have me. They could have called in Boyd to come on in, play a little violin. Um, nice. All right, uh, next song, Bob, is... This would be like your cooler 
older cousin, big sister, favorite Sublime song off this album? this song love this song this is like uh, k-rock here in los angeles or whatever like a satellite radio station if you want to play a um, sublime song that's not as played out yeah yeah this is the choice wow all right here's probably like the best part oh we're not there yet the song makes me wish i was in the la riots <laughs> yeah that the date of the april 29th 1990 or april 26 1992 um was the uh, L.A. riots have you ever, the Rodney King stuff. Since living out here, have you ever fallen down an L.A. riot wormhole? Because everybody that moves here, the I, first thing you do is fall down a Charles Manson wormhole. We all, yes. We all did that. Go and to Cielo Drive and all yes, that. Yes. Have you ever done a uh, riots wormhole? Uh, yes, I did. But you know what helped me with it was the anniversary of O.J. Simpson and then that amazing ESPN mm-hmm. eight-part documentary, which really connected some dots for me. Um, as an ignorant teenager, not even, or yeah, teenager back in New York, was how that set the stage for what happened with OJ and the way it just shredded the whole city. Yeah. Like on so many levels. Let's plug back in. These are real, by the way, police dispatches. It's such a great guitar riff. It's very simple and there's nothing... Uh, you know, we're musicians, obviously. Obviously. So we could talk circles around why this is simple but beautiful. We, we could, but we don't think that's what you want, so we're right. not going to. So we're going to break down in a layman way. Right. It's nice and slow and cool. Yeah, it's slow yeah, and cool. Yeah, totally. Cool sound. All right, this is the part of the song that I think everybody loves. More dogs barking. Blue dog. Cleveland, Ohio. That's such a cool song. And the lyrics, if you listen to the lyrics, uh, it's great. I mean, it's, Noel, it's actually a a real political song. This is a song that could have gone wrong in six different ways, and it somehow 
stays on track. Yeah, because I think he's just a white dude, and but he he talked about the situation in a very honest way. They said it was for the black man, they said it was for the Mexican, and not for the white man. But if you look at the street, it wasn't about Rodney King. It's this fucked up situation and these fucked up police. It's about coming up and staying on top and screaming one eight seven on a motherfucking cop. Whoa! And in the lyrics, he. Uh, admits to the that he was involved with the arson and robbery and vandalism. He went out and rioted. Pretty so, cool. Pretty so cool. I think we should cancel him. Well, I wouldn't say it's cool that he did that. Cancel. <laughs> All right, Brad. Cancel. If you're stuck in the box, I gotta let you know. <laughs> Things are about to get a whole lot worse. <laughs> uh, that's disrespectful. Um, it's not cool that you he was involved with the rioting, hypothetically, but just the honesty of the songwriting. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pro sublime here because I think we are pretty overall pro sublime. But I think that over the years, they've kind of become uh, synonymous with like because of that beachy bro music, bro music yeah. kind of vibe and the crest me down kind of songs. But like that's a really well written song that's like actually saying something. And so yes, that's not easy to do. Well written song lyrically, also the music matches uh, the lyrics and like kind of the haziness of it. It's like almost you could like feel the smog in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. it's just really fucking well done Bob and I'll tell you what we got our we got our throwback podcast playlist coming up I might be pounding the table for that but we're not done yet Bob we're not even close to that we have like 34 more tracks all right there is there is one sublime song that stands above all others in terms of popularity and we have reached that song This is playing on 17 different radio stations right in your market. Yeah. I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. I had a million dollars, but I, I'd spend it all. If I could find that Hannah in that Sancho that she's found, well, I'd pop a cap in Sancho. Santaria. Is this their signature song? I guess so. I think this it's, is I think this this is like their best song. I feel like Paul McCartney and John Lennon would be like, great song, mate. Yeah. Like I feel like it would pass like the Lennon McCartney test and Bradley Noel in terms of leaving a legacy that he wrote this song and performed this song. This is the one that I think has the most staying power, the one like you said, is on seven 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 different stations at the same time. Because it kind of crosses over into these adult contemporary to modern rock to, I mean, I don't think it's going to be playing on a reggae station, but maybe it could. It just has like such a great feel to it. If the, if the DJ it. is like a white dude. Yeah, if it's stoner. a very white 22-year-old <laughs> DJ. Uh, it, just, it just has such a great sound to it. And also like the laid back, cool, like ska vibe to it, reggae vibe to it, yeah. masks once again some kind of dark lyrics. Uh, the song's about a jealous ex-boyfriend planning to take revenge on the man who stole his girlfriend, which is like a tale as old as time. Uh, but again, it's it's fun that lyrically he was different and he kind of some darker themes to a lot of the things that he's writing about, even if the music didn't match up always. I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make with uh, this kind of music is because it does sound sunny and happy. 
they think every song has to be sunny and happy, and then it just gets so fucking corny. Yeah. So quick. So I like that. Even though I never really pay attention to what the lyrics are about, you know somebody's getting shot, and things are fucked up here. It's not just like, it's beautiful outside, let's go surfing. That would be boring as shit. Tiny Lister is in the video, remember? beautiful it's a beautiful, beautiful song and it's actually surprising to me as i look at the chart performance it wasn't a massive hit in the moment it it was a top five modern rock rock track uh it made it uh, number 43 on the hot 100 airplay chart i remember it just being everywhere when it came out mm-hmm. and maybe it was on the stations we listened to but i think it's one of those songs that now has transcended just if you were into alternative rock and that scene and it's just, again, one of the biggest songs of that decade and another This is Sweet Home Alabama um, of our generation. Yeah, I don't remember it ever being overplayed. In fact, the first three singles here, I don't remember ever being overplayed. They were on a lot. Mm, like I, a Wrong Way, by the way, that one sticks out to me, at least on MTV, is being on, on essentially on repeat that summer. And I think what I got was pretty inescapable. This maybe, was maybe this song was this album got a lot of run. Maybe it's because I, I enjoyed it. I never felt like it was overplayed, but it never felt to me like the way when we were doing like our No Doubt episode, Don't Speak was right. on so much that you just couldn't even deal with it anymore. It never got to that point. And like the Primitive Radio God song. Uh, to this day, when Santeria comes on, I listen to Santeria. I can't say that about all these other Yeah, you know what? Hits, I, I agree with that. But Santeria, I, I don't I, know, it just I makes you feel good. I can't remember the last time I heard Wrong Way, but um, what I got, I have to be in the mood for at this point. Bob is doing that ska guy dance. I did the ska dance. Uh, where the guy would wear like a funny hat and suspenders and yep. just be, what is it, skanking? It, it was basically our outfit from TGI Fridays. <laughs> and you were skanking, yeah, where you're kind of like running in slow motion. I'm surprised you actually didn't embrace this movement more. I feel like it's something you I was into it. possibly could have leaned into. You know, our friend Brian was like the big ska guy. We, we shared a lot of same bands that we liked. But I mean, really lean into it and start wearing the T-shirts like Brian did and go to the concerts and skanking all over the place. I I already bought a bucket hat. I was committed to uh, (laughs) looking like the guy from Cake, so I couldn't... You had to make a decision. I had to make a decision. All right, let's listen to Seed. I quite like this as well. So good. I like how it uh, changes tempo, changes pace here. It picks up, slows down. Let's do that little ska dance. Nice. Here it comes. Ska dance. <laughs> Skank, baby. Uh, no, no, it picks up a little bit. I would say, you know, pick a tempo or something. This is, uh, I mean, this kind of sounds like the music that probably got me into OAR a few years later. And has a very similar... Minus the punk part. Uh, yeah. How do you write that out of your biography? What? That is my biography. 
It's the entire thing. Remember you really pushing crazy game of poker when it was uh, when it came out. Should have got on board. It was a great ride. You pushed the fuck out of that one. It was a great ride. All right, let's move on uh, to Jailhouse. Oh, this song. This is so good. It's also about prison rape. Wow, that's right in his wheelhouse. There we go. Really? Yep. Rudy gets taller. Why? Because he's lifted up? Yeah, yeah. Why is he so hungry? Because date rape, of course, uh, which I guess was on a, well, obviously it was on a previous Previous album. album, (laughs) Um, Although, plays into my theory, never mind. Um, I think he kind of hit this pretty hard on the previous (laughs) album. Wasn't done. Had more to say. That was about... The date rape song was about what? The guy that gets caught for using yeah, party yeah. drugs and then right. gets banged in prison. Goes to yeah, gets goes on trial. So the new album comes out and Bradley's like, I gotta hit this again. Yeah, I'm not done with the prison rape stuff. I feel like he kinda if you covered that, what needed to be covered. If I didn't say that before the song started and you just listen to this song, it's another great song. Okay, I'm gonna give it a shot. Although the lyrical content I'm not down with. Pretend that didn't happen. Okay. Cool song. It's fine. It's four minutes and 53 seconds, bud. Lot to say about prison rape. <laughs> Just imagine. This is the one thing he has more than two minutes <laughs> worth of material on. Imagine had he lived how many songs we'd have now. <laughs> we'd have a whole double CD. We'd have a whole like Oz soundtrack. <laughs> there would be uh, streaming services would have entire playlists of sublime butt rape songs. Hey, I'm looking to make a uh, playlist of, for prison rape. Do you guys have any recommendations? Whole Spotify list. Do we? <laughs> All right, next up, Bob. Yeah, Bradley, singing about the seedy side of life. We go from jailhouse to the pawn shop. WCCR. Credence Clearwater Revival? <laughs> Playing the hits of 80s, 90s, and today. More of this, huh? Yeah, it's the sound. Dun, dun, dun. I understand it and I respect the genre of reggae and all that stuff. Mm. But I, I, have I, a, I have a limited capacity for this. I do have a um, threshold that once you hit it, yeah. I gotta get out. 100% with you. And this song is almost seven minutes long. Is this a jam sesh, Bob? Do you remember this one? I, oh, I do remember it. I, I don't remember how it turns into a seven-minute song, but I remember the chorus. Okay, I'm going to okay. skip right to the middle of the song. <laughs> All right, it had its chance. We're now three minutes in. Uh-
You know what? I kind of like the um, the police vibe here. Got a little sting here. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you're right. It does. But, yeah. I like the police a lot more than you do. I believe. I think you do. Yeah. yeah. I like them. I like them barely. So I think you're probably you're probably getting that. I kind of like that, Bob. You know who made like a stupid reggae album with happy reggae songs to a happy reggae beat? Sting and Shaggy. Yes. That was one of the weirder <laughs> pop culture nugs of that 2018. Weird. That was weird that that happened. I, I believe reading, uh, I read that they were both vacationing on the same island. And they're like, oh, hey, Sting. And they're like, hey, Shaggy, you want to make an album? <laughs> they did. Because they, well, Sting's definitely a millionaire. I guess Shaggy's got oh, millions. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Millions? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was in that uh, Game Over Man movie on Netflix. He's fine. What does that mean? With the workaholics? He's doing good. Why does that mean that he's doing okay? Oh, he catch that big Netflix uh, <laughs> guest cameo check. He's fine. I heard that movie was fucking terrible. Now, you got to watch out what you say here, Bob, in response, because you might be working with these people. I was going to say, I, I disagree. <laughs> Your face betrays you. I disagreed because there's one really, really funny part in it. Featuring our friend John Gabrus. Okay, we love Gabrus. So it's worth watching. Maybe skipping ahead to that part. That's how I feel about Flock of Dudes. Oh, it's worth skipping ahead to just Ga- the Gabrus scene. The That's scenes? all I okay. need from Flock of Dudes. Bob's directorial debut, which you could find at the end of the world. Yeah, literally in New Zealand. <laughs> and that's it. Actually, it's, is it still streaming on Hulu? It's streaming on Hulu. This is what I want. Oh, this I have a good idea. Because we always want to get um, iTunes reviews. Yeah. Here's the assignment for the listeners. And we'll definitely give you some shine on the pod if you if you play along. Uh, go stream Flock of Dudes and then write a very honest review on our iTunes page. And we'll share them. Give, we'll share them if you give us five stars. Don't talk about the podcast at all. That's not what you're giving the movie. Give the podcast five stars and then review the movie in the comment. Right. Yeah. That's it. Don't no other comments about our podcast. We just want straight flock of dudes reviews. We want that flock fire. Uh, don't be too honest, though. Well, okay. Do you want, <laughs> do we want to tell them not to be honest? Or no, tell they can be honest. Okay, I'm I'm proud of it. If you don't if you don't like the film, and it you're, is, it's a very funny movie. You're it up like it's not. No, I'm saying decent. I'm saying when you put yourself out there as a director, Bob. Uh, there's always going to be people that might not like it. Yeah, I will say I've read all of the reviews, positive and negative. The negative ones, I'm fine with because I think I'm fine with the negative ones. Nobody's actually gotten right what's wrong with the movie. Ooh, that's, no, that's an interesting <laughs> take. All right, if you want to, if you think there's something wrong with the movie, share it with Bob, no, and no, Bob will tell that. you if if that. you got it right. No, because if somebody sees what's actually wrong with it, that's going to get hit me in my core. Oh no! And then All I'll right. realize. All right, don't send any reviews on <laughs> iTunes. This, I just realized this is actually a little thornier than anticipated. All right, we played a few songs, uh, and that's the way it's going to be. Right now, we're listening to the Ballad of Johnny Butt, and the title intrigues me. So let's turn it up. Is this, is this about Johnny getting in the butt? I would assume so. Okay. Again, the limited capacity for this kind of music. Like... 
the singles have been great. A lot of the kind of punkier songs I've enjoyed, but that kind of thing I don't have a lot of patience for. And not to hammer home my long, you know, held point that albums shouldn't have too many tracks on it. When you have 12 songs that have that type of vibe to it, right. at some point they just bleed together. Yeah, I agree with that. The new Taylor Swift album, by the way, Bob, is fantastic. Really? Oh, it's great. You know I'm a Tay-Tay fan. You are big. 18 tracks, though. Ooh. And I'm out I'm out on the streets letting people know that if she trimmed that thing down to 13 or 12, it's her best album ever. That just gives Ryan Adams a lot more work to do when he covers it track for track. <laughs> I think he's in a box now. <laughs> he's definitely in a box. He got he got so canceled, he just disappeared. He came back on Twitter for a day, and everybody was like, no, 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 no. Gotta no. go. And then he went away again. I, I don't really, the reference will only barely hold, and I'm sure with you, it won't hold at all, but that famous scene in the Avengers movie where everybody disappears, and they just disintegrate. There's a snap, I think. Something right? like that. Some okay. of the stones, or, you know, some bullshit. Uh, um, that's what happened to Ryan Adams. He got so canceled, <laughs> he just disintegrated. Oh, man. All right, here's a song by a California band called Burritos. You say Skank the Night Away? He might have. Yes. like his version of Longview I thought it was really in retrospect we already did the Dookie podcast but is there a better line that when masturbation has lost its fun what a great line it's great it's so it it really is a a snapshot into true boredom that's it and I think that's um, when you hit rock bottom I think I think Noel was going for that on burritos and it didn't take it didn't land in the same way (laughs) Is that what hell is, though? Like being in that box with that eternal throbbing boner and you can't spank the monkey, as Bradley Noel would say? Spank the monkey. Is that hell? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that sounds pretty rough, too. Spank the monkey. I mean, that. I feel like that was phased out by 1996 already. <laughs> Wait, right. what was that? Was that uh, oh, SNL, right? Would you like to spank the monkey? Was it? With uh, Mike Myers. Would you like to spank the monkey? All right, better um, jerking off term. Spank the monkey, or worse, spank the monkey or choke the chicken. I'm way more a spank the monkey kind of guy. How about you, bro? Think about how ridiculous both terms are. (laughs) Spank the monkey? Yeah, no, I mean. What about a monkey uh, is male genitalia? Well, because it's like it's really hairy and it it likes bananas. Right? (laughs) Choke the chicken? Yeah, because it's got feathers at the bottom. Yours doesn't have. Your dick's fucked up, bro. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) This is going to be one of those episodes where I get tweets Dan, why are you swearing so much? Do you really get those? I do get them. Fuck you. Fuck all of you. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Bob. Don't, he didn't mean it. Don't tweet that to my friend. You know, these people are going to review your movie, Bob. Don't tweet that to my friend. Fucking jackals. <laughs> okay, under my voodoo. Is this Lenny Kravitz? I could hear that. Just so many songs. 
Well, he knew he knew the clock was ticking, so he had to get it all out as quick as he could. Ouch, Baba, you know that seemed a little rough. What? He's a heroin addict. I just think an editor would have said, "Hey, give us thirteen off this one. We'll make it a tight thirty-seven. It's very punk." And then you have your follow-up album locked and loaded. And, you know, just in case you don't make it, we'll have your another record to put out. Think about this, Bob. They put out a, a 12-song album, right? It has those hits all on it. Sells 12 million copies or whatever. Mm-hmm. The public wants the follow-up album. Think about the Bananas business. Even if it was inferior songs, like the back of half of this album. Right. The bonkers business it would do, it would set up all the band members for life if they just would have thought ahead. They knew the singer was they, sick, that he had an addiction. They knew they had Rome in the wings. They were fine. Get ready. Yeah, I kind of like this one, too. Bob spinning. Turntables. Is this a uh, super cat? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> I'm the only other person that gets that reference. You want to hear more? Yeah, this one. Alright, it's fine. I do like that instrument in the background. What do they call it then? Like the guitar? Oh, that's like They use it on um, Electrolyte by R.E.M. as well. Oh, yeah, this is a good song. Right. I'll let you listen yeah, to this probably while Thank you're you. choking the chicken. Last time, tonight. no, I'm spanking the monkey. The um, <laughs> Yeah, the last time I heard any of these songs was probably three or four years ago when my family was away. I threw the dog in the car and we drove down to Huntington Beach to go to the dog beach for the day. And uh, as we were passing through Long Beach, I was like, I need to listen to Sublime. Smart. So I just put on a Sublime mix and uh, it fit. I mean, there's no better place. I know this one. Yeah, this is huge. In circles. Is this a cover of the like a a song from the early nineties, like a no, pop is, song? No, this is them. Isn't that a song like oh, No, it's them. I mean, this is still played at bars today. Yeah, I guess I yeah. never realized. This is uh, we did uh, when Colleen was here. We talked about my neck, my back, and put it in put it in my mouth. This song is right. This song goes with it. This is another filthy yeah, song. I mean, mushroom tip is referenced prominently. And then he gets uh, filthy in Spanish here. Please translate, Bob. Not even close. 
Money. <laughs> well done. How many years of Spanish was that? Many, many years. Even college educated. Just didn't take. Should have learned. That would have really helped, especially in Southern California. I feel like every student in America should it should be part of the course load, Bob. How about you? Yeah, I'm not I'm not letting my kids learn Spanish. Because I never learned it, so I don't want them able to like say things I don't understand. I thought you were like coming out as a MAGA guy there <laughs> in a big spot. All right. The penultimate track is that reprise uh of what I got. And you will notice there is a guitar that is not present in the single version. Uh so I think what happened, Bob, was this is my theory. Let's turn it on first. This is my theory, Bob. Is Early in the morning. My theory is that this band was so huge, and obviously there was no more new material coming until Rome showed up and rewrote the rules, mm-hmm. that radio stations were just looking for anything different and new, so they ended up getting two runs out of the same song because this album was that big. All right, that's interesting. I'm new. I'm the offer counterpoint. Not You're a fucking it. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen to this. I think this is a lot cleaner. Like when we listen to the first version, yes, it does feel a little more Dust Brothersy. Dust Brothersy. This is way more radio friendly. Right, let's listen. Life is too short to love the one you got, cause you might get run over or you might get shot. Never had the battle with the It's cleaner. I don't know if it's better. The, the other version but it's it was like uh, life is two, and then the other voice came in short. So love mm. like it was like a lot choppier. This is clean. This should I think this is that version. We'll find out in a second if the guitar shows up. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of egg on our face here, Bob. I knew there were two versions, but I think this was the radio one back then. This is almost like adult contemporary. This has got a little Huey Lewis vibe to it or something. I don't know if I like this person. Well, there it is. Yes. Woo. (laughs) Dodged a bullet there. I do like that a lot. I think I do like the first version better, but I love that. You needed to. It's like uh, Tom Petty with uh, Walls. You need the circus. You need the other one. Right. True. Uh, you know, give it up for the reprise. Reprises are good sometimes. Hold on, before we do our last song, though. Yes. Dan, you know that thing you always forget? What? To thank the people that make this podcast possible. I didn't forget. I was just going to pour through the album, no, and then we I were like going to thank them. Before we, we get to the end of the album. Well, we're already there. Because let's say, no, we're not. We still have one song left, so that's dangling. It's dangling over everybody's head. Dangle what's, your chicken, bro. What's it going to be? That's not a phrase. Dangle that monkey. The mushroom tip. Yeah, mushroom tip. (laughs) I like I've always liked mushroom tip. I like mushroom stamp. Mushroom stamp. Yes, yes, yes. But Uh, you have to be circumcised to have the mushroom tip, right? Correct. Otherwise it's just like an aardvark or something. The um the uncircumcised penis is making its move, by the way. (laughs) On you? Not on me, but you know, in certain genres. Oh, got it. Yeah, it's having its moment. (laughs) It's having It's it's time to shine after many years in the shadows. I had issues with it. I have to be honest with you. Had, Not tense. familiar with it. Past tense. Um, you've, you've learned to accept it? I used to actively avoid it uh-huh. uh, in certain genres. And now I oh, have decided yeah. to 
You've embraced it. Well, that's strong as well. You've embraced it. I've, I've learned to tolerate it. You can now handle an uncircumcised penis. Is that what you're saying? In no uncertain terms? Uh, you missed your window, window for <laughs> Patreon. Fair. Can you believe this song is buried at the end of the album? I cannot. Look at the album. He's there in the beginning, he's here at the end. Love it. Girl, I love her so bad, but she treats me like a lockdown like a penitentiary. She spreads her loving all over, and when she gets home, there's none left for me. Another total classic. It is. I never liked it. I still don't. I have like a weird thing when it comes to interesting, like not covers, but songs that do this, where it's like, here's summertime, and mm. we're gonna kind of like rap over it and do do a thing with it. I have like, there's that musical mind at it, it is, again. It is songs that do that. And I like it. I like it. <laughs> I I kind of love it. I think it's a. I think I appreciate it more now that I live in Southern California. It just it kind of matches the vibe. Of, it does. Like a uh, lazy summer. Um, have you heard, by the way, the Lana Del Rey uh, version of that that you released yes, this summer? Yes, I did. I like that. Let's listen to that before we move on. I, I still I can't make much sense of Lana yeah, Del Rey. Yeah, what's, what's your take on Lana Del Rey? But I'm I'm wildly into her from a um, carnal standpoint. Okay, and I um, I like her angle in general what she's chosen the road that she's chosen to go down uh, which leaves her very open to criticism but I, I think it's I think she's had a cool little career many years ago now uh, I worked on a Def Jam digital series with the uh, artist Jay Sean Do you remember him mm. he was like baby are you down 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 oh, yeah, down, yeah, yeah. down down Damn. Should I keep going? And he had so many stories about people in the scene at the time, and he had a few Lana Del Rey stories, which um, I'll share with you off air. Not the most flattering stories. Hmm. Well, yeah, you, that's part of her kind of like story as well that a lot of people just hate her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of into it. Uh, all right, there you go. Doing Time Bob is the final track on the eponymous sublime I don't, did I use that right yeah you did it you killed it uh, alright Bob I'm a little exhausted I gotta be honest with you going through it, that many songs it was a lot of songs it took a lot out of me the back half of the album but well you know what you're a, you're a, you're a good man Dan Hansis for going through that entire <laughs> you know album. What? good job by them though the, the reprise of what I got usually that's filler or completely needless on an album but I like that it came back, um, and also there's a little different hook to it. Mm-hmm. And then doing time, I think, is a great way to close the album. Um, so good close, just a, a little, a little chunky in the middle, a little bit of a spare tire on this, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. other people will say it's a stone cold classic, one to eighteen. Right. And, uh, all right. That's all fun. right. You could say that. 
That's fine. That's your opinion. And you're, you're fucking wrong. Right. A lot of people are wrong about a lot of things. Um, all right, Bob. It's time. First of all, yes. Patreon.com slash throwback pod. That's how you support the show. Yeah. And we wouldn't have done this album tonight if not for our Patreones who voted for this in our July poll. We gave them three options. Usually the Patreones and God love them. They blow this. <laughs> and they do the album that I do not want to talk about. They're, they're pretty consistent with that. But in this case, they nailed it. Well, they had to choose from Pearl Jam's Vitology, David Gray's White Ladder, or Sublime. And they overwhelmingly said, fuck you, David Gray. <laughs> We're going with Sublime. I quite, not like, love White Ladder, but I get why it would not do well in a poll in 2019. It was really funny because like, one of the comments was like, wait, for real? Like, they were shocked that David Gray was even in the mix because little do they know that that episode is coming eventually because we both do like White Ladder. I don't know. I think, uh, you know... It might be a situation where we have to think about, are we supposed to follow down every path, you know, that we, of bands we like and I albums that we like? There, David Gray, that's an album we both liked a lot individually. So I think we do have to hit it. At Although time. it does leave the window open for me to tell the story of the time that I went to see David Gray live and he just ripped on America at Radio City Musical. So for the David I do Gray have Bob. that in my back Save pocket. It for the David Gray Bob. But thank you to the... Patreon is at patreon.com slash throwbackpod, including the one and only Bruno, the sponsor. And, of course, our other top tier Patreonies, Courtney and Wyatt, for keeping oh, and this we podcast have, alive. We have a new um, tier or a new um, reward for being in that top tier. You get to choose an album that we do, right? And we got it coming up for both of them. Well, we hit up Bruno, the sponsor. He's been our number one guy for over a year now. Our number us, one boy. He gave us a bunch of options, and uh, we're having the Patreonies vote on which one we do next. And we should do the same thing with our loving couple. And we'll do it with Courtney and Wyatt. And yeah. if you jump up to that tier, we might even do that for you. There you go. That's a tease. That's that's commerce. Commerce. All right, let's pick it, Bob. Throwback podcast playlist. What's next? Date rape the, with the Ron, <laughs> but like the video version with Ron Jeremy in it. <laughs> Ron Jeremy's in that video. Oh, yeah. I think he plays the judge. You shot something with Ron Jeremy back in the day. Not a porno, although he did show up on set. and <laughs> You uh, did pay him in cash. <laughs> I paid him in cash. And he did take a phone call because we were shooting at the Oakwoods in Hollywood. And he took a phone call where he said to this person, yeah, I'm at the Oakwoods. Yeah, no, I'm back here. No, no, it's a comedy video this time. <laughs> oh, no. So there you go. I was with my brother at the Rainbow Room. Is that what it's called? Rainbow Bar yeah. and Grill. Yeah. Uh, on Sunset. This is probably about two or three years ago. Um, my brother is a huge fan of um, 80s glam rock and that whole scene. And, and uh, so we usually spend a night down in that area for fun. And at the Rainbow Bar and Grill, which is a bit of a time capsule. And I do don't go there if you're looking for what it's like to hang out in Hollywood or Los Angeles in 2019. Do go there if you want to just an experience. Ron Jeremy will end up there. He will be sitting at the booth next to you. He probably will be carried out of the bar by one of his friends because he's so blackout fucked up. And then he will materialize 90 minutes later, full of life suspiciously, and try to make out with women and grab titties. I've seen it happen more than once. Wow. So yeah, that's a pattern. That's a pattern of behavior. And ladies, that is a tip for you if you, if you want to be groped. Or if you but see Ron Jeremy. one last Ron Jeremy, if you see him at LAX, he's probably carrying his clothes in a garbage bag. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that as well. Does Ron Jeremy <laughs> own his house? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, why is he carrying around a fucking garbage bag? 
he's quirky. All right, Bob, let's pick a song. I, I, we got to go. I got to go. go. We got to go spank our monkeys. Choke the chicken, brah. I'm not going to make you pound the table. You know what to do. Okay. There we go. Check out the Throwback Podcast playlist where you could uh, check out April 29th, 1992. Parenthetical Miami. That was what you were thinking, right? Of course. Yes. Uh, which you can get on Apple Music. And more importantly, Spotify. Uh so that's a good ass playlist. It's a great. We're, we're about eighty songs deep on it now. Yeah, we're in the eighties. Play it all day. Play it all day. Follow us on Twitter at Throwback Pod, Instagram at Throwback Pod. Do it. Just do it. And remember, my final words, Bob. If you put out an album and it's eighteen to twenty songs, chop that bitch in half, and you have a follow-up album already done. Not the catchiest of catchphrases, but I guess we'll go with it. Till next week. Shout